Hello and welcome to another episode of Monster Dear Monster, a monster exploration podcast where we take a look at monsters from their inceptions to their current pop culture incarnations. I am one of your hosts, Dave, and I am joined today by Leonard. How's it going, Leonard? I'm good, Dave. I'm just waking up. I'm a very, very sleepy boy. We're all a little tired, but uh, even with that, we have a returning special guest, Jala. Hello, good morning. <laughs> How are you doing? More <laughs> awake than either of us. Oh, I've been awake for at least three hours. <laughs> oh, yeah. That sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah. What's well, wrong? What's wrong with you? Well, I started getting back into doing my workouts and I started stepping it up to where I'm doing like more of the stuff I used to do all the time. And um, if you know, you know enough about my history to know that I have done like lots of endurance stuff that goes ridiculously long and, you know, just really intense types of training. So like getting back to it gives me more energy than I know what to do with. So that's what happened. And doing Dave... stuff sounds exhausting. <laughs> Dave does not understand it at all. He's just like. How does that give you more energy? I don't understand. No, I, I, I get it, but that still sounds exhausting. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> well, um, we are here today to take a look at the Canterville Ghost, which has had many adaptations and continues to be adapted and is going to be adapted at the end of the month, actually, to another um, uh, UK TV miniseries. So we're slightly just missing that. Maybe that'll be available stateside. Who knows? If it's on Sky TV, probably not. But uh, we'll, we'll see when that gets to it. I'm actually pretty interested to, to watch that one, too. But we have watched, instead, the four or five of the other adaptations and, and? the original... Uh, audiobook. Yes, the original audiobook from the Oscar Wilde um, Canterbury Ghost. Uh, yes, I did. I thought about listening to the audiobook, but then after I watched the uh, the two movies, I was like, no, you know what? I want to be surprised. I want to know what they added and and excised from <laughs> the the story, uh, sight unseen, uh, when we record this episode, <laughs> because man, the uh, two versions that I watched could not be more different. Yeah, and that's actually kind of a common thread among all of the adaptations, insofar as what uh, Dave and I watched as well is that like every single version does its kind of its own thing and picks up its own tidbits from the original story. So yeah, they they're ghost adaptations taking a little bit um piecemeal from the the original work and then just contemporizing them uh, each in their own time and the adaptations have been spread out enough that it's more than decades sometimes passes between the ones that we took a look at. So it's uh, it'll be interesting to kind of compare them all and contrast them together. 
So the original story was uh, 1887, uh, and that was framing it as a as a pastiche against uh, Americans uh, at the time in the view of the British. Same as it ever was. Although yes. Oscar Wilde was Irish. Yeah, so. So he was also poking fun at the English a little bit mm. in the story. And that was actually his first published work. And it was um, super satire, over the top, like more so than some of his other works, like really kind of in your face with, you know, direct um, layering of just stuff that's really, really funny. And I would definitely recommend. Um, folks listen to the Rupert Degas uh, reading of the original story because he does such a good performance that it's just hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. I cannot speak to any of the other audio versions. I know there's more than one. Yeah, and with, with that, like that humor, since we kind of we began at the beginning to, um, to listen to that first, and I just had... I. I had a hope in my heart that some of that irreverence would be found in the later adaptations, and it it isn't. No, it's, it's <laughs> just not. not there at all. It's completely gone. Because in the original story, um, it was consistently poking fun at the Americans with their fine Republican Puritan sensibilities and, like, coming to England and, and like the first thing that happens is they see the blood stain on the floor from the murder that took place from Sir Simon de Canterville who is the ghost that's haunting the Canterville chase and you know the one of the kids because there's like four kids in the original uh, book is like I'll use Pinkerton's cleaner to clean up the spot and like goes and cleans it up with a particular product that it sounds like he's doing an ad for. And like that happens throughout the entire thing where like, you know, uh, the ghost is going through the halls, rattling his chains. And then the father wakes up and goes, you really need to oil those. Here's this oiling product that I really recommend. It works really well and blah, 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 you know, and just hands him a little can of oil and like yeah. things like that. Like it's, it's, really really funny the way that they do it um, hooray capitalism yeah and it's it's <laughs> definitely like hooray capitalism hooray you know puritanical you know spartan beliefs and in, in the fine republic of the us of a and i don't know all kinds of stuff it's it's very silly very it's a, it's very a big send-up it's um e even all these years later, it's like refreshing to mm -hmm. kind of like encounter that and go Okay, I see what they're doing, and even even in the decades to come, like there's still that space. There's ample space, really, to um, to poke fun at Americans, and like let's let's go with that angle. It'll be great because it makes it international and and enjoyable, and you can still kind of contrast uh, the old spiritualism with. Uh, practical values of modern science and then they just don't do that really so mm -hmm. it, it sort of made them uh disappointing in a little in a way well and then too in the original book the ghost sir simon is he becomes afraid of the children who are just whole like because there's there's two children in particular the two youngest 
who are twins, which I don't even think there's twins in like any of the other versions of this. No. You know, no. But like there's basically there's an older boy. He's the one who had the Pinkerton solution or whatever. And then there's the daughter of Victor, Virginia, Virginia. Um, the older boy's name is Washington because, of course, this is super over the top and all the oh, names right, are like right. ridiculous. And then anyway, like the two twins um, are like the holy terrors and they start like basically throwing stuff like nutshells into the hall, like cow traps and stuff to like, you know lay traps for the ghost and sir simon is just completely vexed to where he's just scared to come out anymore and so he he uses the oil from the father to like you know oil his chains in order so that that way he could still do his haunting business but like quietly so he doesn't get the twins to come out and come after him and so he becomes scared of the kids he's scared of the kids he doesn't want to come out um and that's the funny part too is that even this you know um, ancient ghost from a family curse of whatever, you know, like is, is scared of the humans. And it's really, really funny the way that they made it. Um, but also he was an unrepentant murderer. He murdered his wife and there he doesn't, doesn't have a good reason for that. He never is repentant for that in the original story. Right. Okay. All good. Of the, <laughs> yeah. All of the later ones, like a lot of them are like, it's not even about him murdering his wife. It's some other totally different scenario that caused him to haunt the halls and be cursed or whatever. Sometimes it's totally not his fault at all. Or other times it's like, oh, he killed his wife, but it was an accident. Or, you know, oh, he was around and he tempted her. And then that's what made her have an accident that killed her. And that's why he died or something like that. Like it's, you know, different than than the original because in the original it was just like no, he's not he's not really a sympathetic sympathetic character at all. So no, it's it's that I, I think that idea of old aristocracy haunting us and haunting the country. Yeah, um, and also being bad because they they have everything and aren't willing to like let go of it, which is a, a literal read of what kind of is happening. Yeah. So that's that's now, the go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say. Now that sounds all fine and good. That sounds like uh, um, proper, right? Proper satire. Um, but let me uh, let me uh, present a counterpoint. Uh, Nev Campbell love story with a British duke. Let's just remove all that unpleasantness and let's just add. <laughs> Add a, a love subplot. Oh, <laughs> there's Campbell. There are some love sub. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna have to talk about it, Dave. The 1944. Oh, no. Okay, so uh, the 1944 version, Hollywood version of this film, was of course during like a uh, you know war era type stuff where it's during World War Two. The American troops are coming to. Canterville Chase and they're just like being you know they're barracking they're just like taking making camp there or whatever it's a staging ground to go to um, France yes and so like the little girl is actually a Canterville who is still in England the Americans don't live there they just are temporarily there and the Americans occupying (laughs) yes they're occupying and like the American soldiers 
um, end up, you know, coming across this ghost. And then they, they're, they're like, you know, lunkheads and, and yeah. kind of goofy. But It's, it's if, an entire platoon, so yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of them. And like, you know, like, it's poking fun at them a little bit, but in the way that all of the media at that time would present, you know, like American soldiers as being, you know, kind of doofy, but yeah. also really lovable. Like and, lovable idiots, because yeah. you kind of have to be to volunteer well yeah you're you're going into a war where you're probably not going to be coming back so that's who uh you have to want to identify with on some level and feel good that like patriotic that they're going to do a thing but then also they're goofballs so don't feel so bad maybe <laughs> i don't know no, it's a like weird... you just, it, it's like you end up having affection for the characters yeah. well the, l- let me say that the 1944 movie has a wonderful cast i loved all of the cast i love the performances in that movie the script was all over the place um like not only did they change that but sir simon is a ghost haunting the place because all of the cantervilles are cowards and have been historically since forever. They will ride into battle, and at the moment when their metal is tested, they fail and run in the other direction. And so, in his case, his brother was a philanderer who ended up, like, fiddling around with and marrying somebody else's bride-to-be, and that person finds out and then challenges him to a duel, and the brother's like, I'm not about to fight you, you're a very large man, and then ropes Sir Simon, his brother, into it to fight this person in his stead so then simon has to go fight you know for his brother's honor over something that his brother did that was dumb and then he ends up like bailing in the middle of the battle like literally turns his horse and runs back to the castle then his father's like well you're a coward you don't deserve to live and ends up like walling him up in the castle and that's how he dies is because he didn't fight for his brother who stole somebody else's woman and and then ran away also. and then ran away and that's that's that was his bad thing that he did is he ran away <laughs> that sounds like that dad was just looking for an excuse to like right um, i'm and, just waiting uh, just I, yeah. I got this corner over here that really just needs to be walled off really nice to have some screens yeah, he was for a very while. Like, like super traditional and the yeah. It came to the point where even the the other lord that had challenged the duel in the first place, because um, he came in and he was like, "We're searching for your son. Um, he must be hiding because you guys are cowards." And then the father's like, "No, there's no cantable that's a coward, and he sh- he surely couldn't be in this alcove. And mm-hmm. if there's nothing there, I'll just wall it up." Um, and the you know Simon starts sc- screaming and begging to not be walled up. Uh, and the the Lord that had kind of been affronted and st- and, and, and initiated the whole thing, he's like, "Oh yeah, you can't be like, do you, I'm not trying to kill him. Like, why are you walling him up? It was kind of a joke." But the the father's so stringent on the Kenderville name that he's like, "No, I don't hear anything." Yep. And it just like three hundred years later, he's been haunting and terrorizing everybody. Mm-hmm. And so he ends up being scared of the um, platoon of soldiers who are, you know, like, giving it right back to him in the good old boy American way or whatever. Um, 
but like they did some crazy stuff where one of the people that's in the platoon happens to be vaguely related to the Cantervilles by like 0.0001% somewhere and happens to have like a birthmark that only Cantervilles have and that the the whole thing to set the ghost free in, in the original novel or whatever or uh, story it was that um, a some innocent person has to pray has to has to like pray for his sins or something to let him be released or or whatever and in this it has to be a canterville that has to do a brave deed in the name of sir simon since sir simon bailed on his thing that he was supposed to be doing you know for his brother right you know to basically undo what sir simon failed to do or whatever and um so of course this is like the most lovable of the people in the platoon and he goes off to war for, against the nazis and then at the last minute he gets scared and he he doesn't do the thing and then anyway i don't even know how it happened but somehow a bomb that doesn't automatically go off got dropped next to canterville chase one day when he was kicked out of the ranger squad for not doing anything when he should have been holding his point and like then the little girl goes over and is like you've got to do something about this bomb and then he's about to bail again because he's like the cantervilles or something like he can't escape his bloodline of being a coward or whatever um and she the little girl goes up and kicks the bomb which starts it ticking and then he's forced to do something because the little girl done kicked the bomb (laughs) yep so um, then he ends up doing some nonsense and, and, you know, like driving it, you know, driving a Jeep with it on the back of it because that's not going to jostle it and make it blow up um, and gets it, you know, to drive off of a cliff. He jumps out at the last minute, it drives off a cliff and then it blows up at the bottom of a gorge or something. And that was his brave deed that he did that saved Sir Simon in that movie. But then at the very end, like, I'm like, okay, this is a weird plot that's all over the place, but I'll, I'll take it because this is the forties. This is like wartime. They're trying to be pro America. Okay. I, I can understand this. It's got a wonderful cast. Great acting. Okay. I can deal with this. And then at the very end, the little girl is like, don't, you know, sometimes you have to wait for things that you want. How old are you? And he's like, the the soldier guy and the soldier guy's like why and then she's like i'm turning seven in may yeah sometimes you have to wait for things that you want and i'm like oh no they oh and that's how that's how it ends and it's like yep. we we could do without the small girl love plot out of nowhere no, i mean she's just, a very she's a very very it, charming little girl great acting no I didn't. I it, I could have done without that whole scene. It's it's just a reverse Anakin Skywalker. He aged, <laughs> and Padme stayed the same. They put her in a stasis pod. They froze her in carbonite until he was <laughs> uh, almost done with his uh, uh, Jedi training, and then they thought her out and were like, "Hey, look at you. don't no chemistry between you two. No, 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 no feelings." <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's what they just need to freeze that little girl. Uh, no, they need to freeze. No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, that's worse, Leonard. Look worse. <laughs> yeah, I know. I realize that they need to freeze Cuffy. And, yes. <laughs> and, and Please freeze Cuffy. 
So, so anyway, that, that was the, how that one went. And like, overall, I still like the movie, although it has like, it, it sort of pokes fun at Americans, but again, in that kind of, you know, all oh, those lovable knuckleheads or whatever kind of way, um, doesn't poke fun at any of the English people. The ghost does become afraid of the Americans who scared him, yeah. but like the the whole reasoning behind why he was even you know a ghost in the first place, none of that is the you know the same as the original story. But uh, again, like it doesn't have to be a pure version of it for me to like it. So I think right. of the movie versions that I watch, that's in some ways that one is maybe one of my favorite because it has like the most consistently good acting. I think. Yeah, and um, uh, Richard Lawton um, was Sir Simon, and and like um, Sir Patrick Stewart, just he brings a lot of gravitas to the role, and it's another. I think it's a case where it's a very well-known, high-paid actor in this role, and then they kind of just build things around him. But then the the script itself wasn't great, so mm-hmm. you get a, a lot of good performances, but the movie itself could just be like, eh, take it or leave it. Like, the, the little girl, she just stole every scene she's in. She was charming. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Of that era, yeah, that makes that makes sense that the little girl was charming. They were, the studio system loved their, their childish actresses. Mm-hmm. But, um... So that was that was one version that we watched. And Leonard, you and I definitely both watched the PBS 1980, I forget what it was, 84, 85 um, version of it. The PBS made-for-TV version. Yes, the 80, it was 85, so I okay. was three. Um, which, <laughs> which, yes, so that was, yeah, ooh, man, that was... Uh, delightful it was like it was the 80s reminder in like the worst way humanly possible it was just like oh with the with the you know uh you you'd called it um when we were in the green room you called it like miami vice looking father oh the fact that that that's literally what he's wearing the first time you see him i was just like oh man and i was just like oh mom your hair it's so big yes (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and in that version, it's um, the two, the the mother and the father, and then just the one kid. Uh, or no, 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 no. There's two two sons two as well, two boys, yeah. but they're not twins or anything. And then there's the daughter. Um, but in that version, the mother inherits the place from some distant relation, and she had to be scrounged around for, and that's how right. they came into it. Um, the other version of this movie that I watched when I was little was the 1986 movie, full-length movie, uh, with Alyssa Milano in it. That's the one that I remembered watching when I was growing up. And in that one, it's just the girl and the father inherits the place. And the little girl, um, like the girl's mom had passed away and the father had remarried and she has a stepmother who doesn't get along with her very well. And so she plots with Sir Simon once they become friends to scare her stepmother. And then the stepmother thinks that it's like um, some kind of 
made by by like cameras and lights and stuff trickery you know which of course it's funny because that's how they made the actual ghost for the movie is you right. know with that camera trickery or whatever um but it includes a scene where in order to try to get the ghost to go away they hire somebody like a ghost hunter guy to come in and summon the dead wife back from the dead you know summon the spirit of the dead wife that happens and then you know like you have a scene between the dead wife who's kind of moaning and groaning and then like sir simon who's freaked out seeing her again because he hasn't seen her in 500 years or whatever it was in that particular movie the amount of time that has passed changes depending upon which iteration you're looking at Um, right but like a lot of that version because it also has like some creepy stuff where it actually shows the little girl Alyssa milano going into like the garden of death and then she actually prays directly to the angel of death and doing so might actually kill her to have any interaction with him and like there's a bunch of spooky stuff and skulls at the end of that movie so that's what i remember (laughs) but um but like that's very very different than the pbs version that came out only one year prior yes like i don't know there's just a lot of small children and crappy canned pop music playing and they're just dancing around like how many times did that that... happen and it's like a 50 50 minute movie and like there's like at least three scenes with children bopping around to stupid music on a boom box yeah yeah (laughs) there's the one scene where uh where the little girl is watching her siblings and local children have fun and then she pouts in a parlor um, then there's another scene with a uh, luxurious boombox um, <laughs> uh, that has that features like 20 kids just dancing, even though the family's like well aware that their uh, their place is haunted and and it happens every night. They just decided to let kids stay over for the night. And uh, so none of the parents are worried. It's nope. in the middle of a storm not going to be a problem. They can go to the haunted manor and have a bopping party <laughs> with the new kids yep. on the block. I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, and they also changed the they changed the rules because in the PBS one, uh Sir Simon is the one that prays and I'm like, mm, mm-hmm. that's that's not how this works. What yeah. you, you you never prayed what a a a a a window hits gently taps a little girl at the back of the head <laughs> and she falls oh, yeah, over the... so dramatically that they have to call a doctor in to uh, save oh, her she, like... she she might she might die <laughs> yeah. like that's the level of drama that was being played up there yeah for sure yeah <laughs> and this the the PBS movie is available on Amazon Prime for free by the way so or anybody... is <laughs> Yeah, so, like, that's one that you can watch for free if you have Amazon Prime. (laughs) But, yeah, that one, um, it has a cute little scene where Sir Simon is telling his story, which in that version of it, um, he had the kid, because, like, in the original story, the the ghost, when he leaves, leaves a little cask of jewels behind as a present for mm-hmm. for the little girl um, who helped him. And so, 
like that was a present that she has. And by the way, she's 15 in the original story. And she has a little like guy that like is a little English boy who's like the Duke of somewhere that um, anyway, he falls in love with her. And, you know, there's another character that's like her love interest. That's another little boy that they end up getting married in the, in that story and everything. But um, she's a lot older um, than a lot of the other versions portray her as. But okay. Uh, but there's like jewels involved in the original story in the um, PBS or not? Is it PBS? Yes, is the PBS yes. one where they've got the emerald. So like in that one, he's got a big emerald, and like he fell in love with his wife, madly in love with her. She just wanted the money, and so like he taunted her with it. And his sin was that he teased her about, you know, uh, tempted her and teased her about the jewel, and then she ended up. Um, like trying to find its hiding spot, climbs up on a chair right next to a bunch of swords. One of them falls off the wall and somehow manages to kill her. That's not how swords work on a wall that's like not very high up, but somehow freak accident, it happened. And I don't, that was... <laughs> I, I don't know, Jala. I've seen the original Final Destination quite a few times and it, I saw a butcher's knife fall out of a block. <laughs> into somebody's chest. I think that if you're looking for precious jewels, um, that it's totally possible for a sword to fall off of a wall. And, and like hit you with such velocity that it murders you outright and hits a vital part of your body, even though you're really close to the wall all the time. Yes. 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 <laughs> they just kept them real sharp. So yeah. working, working piece. Yeah. Really yeah. Yeah. They- Exactly. They, they have to keep them knew. fighting sharp. It's definitely yeah, not... Yeah, it's not a wall hanger. Not a wall hanging. <laughs> Actual sword. And it's funny because in the 44 version, a sword falls off the wall, and it actually ends up injuring the foot of one of the um, soldiers. He's like, ah, my foot! You know, what the happened ghost bit me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he thought the ghost bit him, and it was just like the sword that had fall- fallen off the wall and happened to slice his foot. Yes, but. and he happened to be sleeping the opposite way of everybody else where that would have been his face. Yeah. So that may have killed him, but it got his foot instead, thankfully, because he was probably the best character, <laughs> aside from the little girl. Yeah. But So, like, it's kind of funny because the PBS version, even though it's, like, my least favorite version, actually pulls a lot of little details from prior versions of the Canterville ghost story. <laughs> including like the original book like pulling elements that weren't pulled in any of the other ones but he doesn't he doesn't get scared of anybody you know uh in right he's just annoyed yeah he's just like irritated and he's like i can't get rid of you and i thought it was and the family's like oh well oh well a ghost (laughs) well uh one of the lines that i really liked from that particular rendition was you know, he's sitting there and he's irritated and he's grumbling on a chair. And then um, he says, the people of your century are so cruel and unfeeling. And that's... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind Accurate. Of, yeah. Well, it's kind of... Uh, Dave and I had talked about it a little bit uh, earlier this morning, but like um, some of the later versions, like the 80s versions and the 90s version, um, I think they just kind of feature more of that that sense in filmmaking at that time of like people of our day and age enforcing uh their own will upon the unknowable 
you know, um, like we are using our tools and, and, you know, our know-how and our science to science upon the ghost, you know? Yeah, using right. reason oh. to, to trump the supernatural. Like, especially oh, yeah. the especially the 86 version that had Alyssa Milano in it, the other one that I was mentioning, where, like, the stepmother is like, oh, that's like a lighting trick. Somebody is set, you know, rigged something up to scare me. Uh, and then, like, they had the ghost hunter come in and, like, summon the spirit of the wife and whatever. So, I mean, like, you know, that's that's obviously, like, people having agency against the ghost. But in a different way, because, like, the original story had the little kids having agency and somehow being able to trap the ghost, yeah, you know, right. and trick the ghost and things. They scared him with a fake ghost. Like, oh, yeah, they pro- made a fake ghost. Up, like, a sheets or something on a broom and... Oh, right. So it, it, it tricked I, him enough that he was like trying to talk to the ghost, going, Did you see those frightening kids? We can band together, fellow spirit. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. It was kind of sad because <laughs> then it ended up being a trick. Yeah. A false one. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good to know because that means that the Patrick Stewart one is also slightly more, uh, more, um, uh, in line, a more accurate adaptation <laughs> than, um, because. Uh, as you mentioned, um, unless, uh, I, I, I'm not cutting you off. Oh, no, 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 no. Nope, nope. Um, yes, uh, the family moves, uh, instead of a, uh, what, like a BMW with one trunk, like in the PBS version, (laughs) they actually take a train and have luggage. Um, the father is a, a physicist who's doing some work at, in, in, in England, uh, and it is renting the castle because it's so cheap. And you know how us Americans are with, with money. Um, <laughs> so uh, uh, Nev Campbell is being Christina Ricci from Casper because this version came out a year after Casper. So she mm-hmm. is sad. Uh, uh, my friends are gone because I had to move for my dumb family. Um, she is like roughly fifteen, uh, so there we go. There's a check mark for for that. Um, she's miserable. Um, uh, the father is is uh, is like, man, you know, it'll be fine here. Everything's cool. Everybody in the town is in on it. They know. They know about the ghost. Um, there was, like, uh, one housekeeper in the PBS version, like, the old cranky housekeeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, they turned that into, like, a couple where one's the chauffeur and the other one's the housekeeper. The chauffeur's the cranky one. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Sir Simon uh, is is sad, big sad, in his, his ghost pit uh, that is uh, underneath the library. Um and and start scaring the the kids by uh, shaking doors and everything like that. Uh, the father, of course, being a man of science, blames it all on Nev Campbell. Uh, you're not going to get us to move back and ruin all of our lives just because you're unhappy. And I'm like, man, you need to tone this down, dude. <laughs> um, uh, she uh, once again, because this is Casper, there's an elaborate mechanism to open a secret door that leads down to <laughs> Sir Simon's crypt, um, involving like a fireplace and and the book of the Canterville history that has a magical, not a magical, but a heart shaped jewel that 
opens a mechanism and swings open a bookcase in the library. Somebody was playing a lot of Resident Evil right about then. Oh, man. It was literally like, examine book. You found a heart-shaped jewel. Yeah. Place the heart-shaped jewel in the fireplace in the angel in the angel socket. You have discovered a secret entrance. That is literally <laughs> what happens in this movie. Um, uh, uh, Sir Simon actually has like um, force powers in this one. Uh, he can like wave his hand and knock. Uh, n- actually, affect uh, people and uh, and things which is uh, kind of cool. Um, so the parents don't see him uh, when he makes his first appearance uh, because they don't believe in ghosts, especially mm-hmm. the father. Um, so they can't see him, but the uh, boys and uh, Ginny, uh, uh, that's uh, Nev Campbell, can't see him. So um, she goes down and she's like, hey, uh, you're real. I knew you were real. Um, and he's like, get out. And she's like, oh, ooh, I'm scared. Uh, and then she has a meet cute with a British Duke. Uh, so that once again is taken from the story, uh, originally. Um, and, uh, uh, Sir, Sir Simon's like, oh, love my heart. And he's like, uh, you tell him that you love him because you love him. And I'm like, they've like known each other for like three and a half days, but whatever. <laughs> um, and that's and, the aristocracy. Uh, you don't get to like pick your partner. Yeah, <laughs> it was nuts. I was like this. I don't know how long they've been here, but this seems to be progressing really, really quickly. <laughs> um, and uh, he's like, hey, I... Uh, sh- and so the father's going to ship her back because, oh, the boys do actually do the fake ghost. They uh, take some armor and then they put uh, like some sheets over it and it looks like like Doctor Doom, which I thought was super <laughs> funny. Um, uh, and he does do, and Sir Simon does do the thing where he's like, like uh, uh, fellow Sir Kind Ghost, uh, maybe we should team up. <laughs> and and work together to scare these humans out um until he realizes that it's just uh it's it's just trickery um mm-hmm. so the father because of the, all that the father's like okay you win jenny i'm just going to ship you back to america she's like oh no my heart my love and uh, <laughs> uh patrick stewart's like uh well if he can't see me we should present me as a ghost that he does believe in and so they decide to put on the um the father scene from hamlet because uh in this version sir simon knew william shakespeare um uh, well because of course he did there there was wasn't it in the pbs version that he was an actor in shake actual shakespeare's company That's right yes. yeah and then like as for the armor the armor um ties into the uh, the PBS version the you know Sir Simon is wearing the armor gets tripped right. and the one time he gets tripped up or or you know whatever by the boys gets has a tripwire at the top of the stairs and then has a giant sandbag or something filled with whatever that knocks him in the armor down the stairs I'm like you are lucky that wasn't actually a person like a parent who happens uh-huh. to go downstairs for some water or something and then like you just murdered your mother good job 
you know but then like in the 44 version the american soldiers are scolded for not getting enough sleep and whatever and they're punished and so they're like we're gonna take a picture of this ghost and then they put they hid one of them in a suit of armor holding the camera so he could like take a picture when sir simon was walking around so like um like the armor is in a lot of versions actually yeah and it's and it's in the original book where uh sir simon's trying to scare the kids but he can't fit into his old armor because he's just not the same size he was as a a sprightly young man that wore that armor and also (laughs) it's very very heavy and he's very old and tired so he just can't walk around in the armor it takes too much energy so so anyway Um, as you were saying so um Yes. Uh, they put uh, it's the it's the father appears to Hamlet uh, to talk about his murder scene uh, uh, where Nev Campbell plays Hamlet and uh, <clears throat> uh, Sir Simon plays the uh, plays the ghost and uh, they do it in front of the family. Everybody sees it. Uh, he has uh, during the performance he 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 uh, Sir Simon gets choked up and just disappears. Uh, and the father's like, haha, it's a good thing. Wow, it's a, it's a, um, that was a lot of work to pull a practical joke. And I'm like, dude, she just, it just performed Hamlet for you. Why are you being such a dick all time in this movie? Like, it was actually decent. Like, sure, don't believe it was a ghost, but like, don't like poo poo your daughter because she, put on a performance for the entire family. Um, and uh, uh, she goes down to see Sir Simon, and this is where we get the part, uh, the prophecy, uh, uh, which they had set up, uh, and she figures it out. Um, and she, he's like, well, uh, tears, have, uh, tears have already been shed. Um, I just need you to pray for me. And then uh, finally, you need to come with me into the realm of darkness. Um, and pray to, and and argue my case to the angel of death. Um, and uh, she prays, uh, and the clock strikes twelve, and the uh, Resident Evil fireplace then magically splits open like uh, it's Beetlejuice, and they go into an alternate dimension, uh, the re- literally into the realm of darkness. Uh, and then the movie turns into "Where's Our Daughter." Um, Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the the ending is the fireplace once again opens up at the stroke of midnight. Uh, they poltergeist uh, 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 Nev Campbell out of the realm of darkness. And she's like, yes, I argued the, my ca- uh, his case to the angel of death. And I think I could know where his body is uh, to uh, lay him to rest. And uh, the uh, Sir Simon, so in this version... Sir Simon uh, calls himself a murderer, but essentially what happened is a friend of his told him that his wife had been unfaithful. Uh, Sir Simon uh, became insanely jealous, uh, forbade her from leaving the manor, uh, psychologically abused her until she eventually killed herself. Uh, And then only later to find out that... uh, that his friend lied because uh, his friend coveted her uh, and 
So as punishment, he called uh, his wife's family there, told her the told them the entire thing, and said, "Do with me what you will." And they dragged him down to the secret basement uh, and shackled him to a wall and left him to starve to death. And so that is why he is trapped. Uh, oh, oh, and there's also a witch. Uh, they they also brought a witch with them that put a curse on him so his spirit could never rest, um, which I thought was a, a weird addition because, That's I, like you know. extra. <laughs> it, right? <laughs> Uh, like the way he says it, it it's almost like an afterthought to him. He's like, "Oh yes," and they also that's not that's not all. They also brought a witch who placed a curse on me so that I may never rest. And I'm like, "Okay, that that's a little much." Um, anyway, she, she finds the corpse. They bury him, uh, and everything's fine. Uh, his wife uh, apparently forgives him. Um, uh, because uh, he buried her in the garden next to a statue of an angel, uh, where he's l- eventually laid to rest at the end. Nev Campbell is in love with uh, her her hot Duke boyfriend, and the father, now believing in ghosts, decides that they're going to stay at the manor indefinitely, especially because it's no longer haunted. <laughs> the end. Well, the original story... Uh, he, Sir Simon, like we said, actually had killed his wife and it was like, for no real reason. Like he doesn't even give a reason. There's not even any justification for it. He just kills her. And then the vengeful, vengeful brothers lock him up, like wall him up and chain him to a wall. And in that version, they actually put a, a tray with food and a thing of water just out of his reach. So, nice. like, you see, like, all of the dust that's left over from that and, like, his foot trying to reach it and never get to it and everything. Um, and he just was, like, chained up to the wall and died that way. Um, he also was um, chained up to the wall in the Alyssa Milano version, but I don't remember. I know that it was an accident, whatever happened with his wife. Um or, like, you know, it might have been, like, he was legitimately angry, but he didn't mean to kill her, and it just kind of happened that she ended up dying, um, according, you know, due to him or something. I do not know the original reason. I only kind of skimmed parts of it this morning because I didn't have enough time to watch it uh, before the show. But in any case, like, they made it more of an accident. A lot of times it seems like they try to make it, make the ghost more empathetic and more of, like, a human being. Um, To where you can sympathize with the ghost and you want him to be set free from his sins and whatever. And, you know, like the a lot of times it seems like the most important part that was brought forward from Oscar Wilde's story was the fact that the little girl and the ghost become friends or, you know, at least have an understanding. In the original book, I don't think it's so much that they have like oh this great bond of friendship but like a lot of times that's how it ends up getting played up and then it ends up in many versions being a kids movie <laughs> like yeah and it's like to make it a kids movie they have to make it nicer you know so like the, he's he didn't really mean to kill her although he did do something wrong and whatever like um you know the the friendship between the ghost and the girl is the big deal so 
I, yeah, I wish that they would actually just do a do a version where he's like, "Yeah, I killed her." Yeah, like don't even want to. I don't even want to talk about it. Don't want to get into motivation. But yeah, I did. That's why yeah. I'm here. That's why I'm stuck. Which is what the I mean the book. He was going, "Yeah, I killed her." Yeah, I killed he's her. Like, yeah, I did. I I may have deserved what I got, but um, you know, here we are. And what the original book does, and the 1944. Um, continues is that um, Sir Simon was like very he was he had a penchant for the theat for theatrics and over the course of the years he was haunting and actually made characters made char- he like invented or used local legends mm-hmm. um, and dressed himself up as different personas to be different keep, ghosts keep it fresh yeah Um, although as a, like, he also ended up killing quite a few people, like, they, they, they killed themselves, but he drove them to, like, suicide. Mm -hmm. Right. Several people. And the other later versions, like, kind of leave that alone for the most part. Yeah. They're they're always like, oh, uh, like, the Patrick Stewart one was like, oh, the poor woman's still in the asylum. And I'm like, eh. All right, that means that 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 somebody died in the in the original story. Yep. Many 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 people. Many many people died over the years, and he like prides himself on his kill count, basically. Yeah, he was like yeah. yes, as and and I think what's great is they're very like comic booky names. Um, I, I it's like. Horus the headless, you know, yeah, all the names are yeah. like alliteration. All the ghosts, all of his different right. ghosts, yeah, ghost forms. So, yeah, for yeah. Sure. There's, there's a part where Patrick's. Where, uh, so, uh, one of the things that I wanted to mention is that the story just seems like, um, like, uh, proto Beetlejuice to me, <laughs> like, <laughs> just, just based on, on the, uh, on, on the, the the mechanics of the haunting i'm like oh so it's kind of like it's kind of like beetlejuice but without beetlejuice without that antagonistic element because it's just oh man this is my this is this is my castle and i'm gonna scare anybody anyone out um so i there's a point where in the patrick stewart version where he's like really upset with the family so he's like, okay, so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to scare the parents first, and then I'm going to go into the boys' room, and I'm going to stab myself repeatedly in the throat. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, man, this one is actually significantly more like Beetlejuice, because when he said, I'm going to stab myself in the throat, I just kept thinking of that scene in Beetlejuice where Gina Davis is hanging in the closet and she rips her face off, and I'm like... They can't see you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, um, a, a bit that's in the uh, original uh, short story is that after the, the the Pinkerton solution was used to clean the blood stain, the blood stain keeps reappearing, but it's mm-hmm. uh, it it, re- it reappears um, every night in like a different color after it's been cleaned, and it it turns oh. out the ghost. Um, or rather, the little girl's very upset because the ghost was taking her paints. <laughs> yeah, I'm using paint to do it because he's just like it's. It takes a lot of work to make that blood, and you just keep cleaning it up, and I have to keep putting it back, and it's just it it saps too much of his energy to keep manifesting the blood. 
So instead, he just took the paint. <laughs> they were like, one day it's green. He was like, uh, blood could be green. It's very theatrical. <laughs> uh, we've got blue blood in England. Yes, the, blue, <laughs> the bluest of blood. Oh, that's really funny. Okay, yeah. so they do this. They do this bit in the uh, Patrick Stewart one, um, uh, where it's like, uh, wait a minute, the stain's back, and the mom's like, that smells like grease paint. And then she cleans it up, and then it reappears, but it's just green. And she's like, no, this is definitely grease paint. So they just blame Nev Campbell for it. <laughs> and he, and she's like, hey, why are you using the, my paints to make your blood, your blood spot? And he's like, and he does the, it's, it takes a lot of energy to, to manifest this blood. So that's also nice to know that that carried over from the original. Yeah, it sounds like the Patrick Stewart version, although, of course, it's modernized uh, and therefore changed in lots of respects, sounds like it is kind of more accurate to the story than several of the other iterations. I'll tell you one that's not at all accurate to that original story. Oh, boy. The Bollywood version, Bootsnats, yes. which uh, translates into Ghostnats. And uh, the, the name of the ghost is... Um, his last name is not, I forget what his first name was. It's like Iskandar or something. I don't know. But either way, um, I, I forgot. Like, we watched it once, and he said his name one time. So um, Dave will furiously Google while I tell you a little bit about the Bollywood version. So uh, in the Bollywood version, you've got a family. It is the mom, the dad, and a little boy. There are no other children. Um the father works as an the chief engineer on a cruise line, and his company has set them up in the Nats Villa in Goa, and that is where they end up staying. And um, so, oh, his name was Kailash. Kailash was okay. his name. Kailash uh, Nat was his was the ghost's name. So anyway, um, so. The Nuff Villa has been haunted for a long time. And when the movie first starts, it has like some people just breaking into the house and like going there to have like a picnic. It's like a, a guy and his girlfriend or something going on a date. And it starts out with the way the cinematography is, the way the music is. It was like super horror. It was like, oh man, this is going to be scary. Oh, cool. I want to see this version of this movie. But it's Bollywood. It can't really be a, like a horror movie. I mean, they're going to bust out into song at some point. I don't know what this, what's going to happen. Well, it's only a horror movie for about, what, 10 minutes? I don't even know if it made it 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's it just was, like the prologue. It's and just then... the beginning and it's actually creepy, actually kind of scary the way that he spooks the people and gets them out of the house. But um, in that version, the ghost never hurts anybody and doesn't drive them to madness or drive them to hurt themselves. They He just wants them to go away. He wants them out of the house and that's all he mm -hmm. wants because it's his house. And this family ends up staying there and like the little boy uh, like the father goes off on the cruise ship to work so he's absent the entire movie except for the very end um, <laughs> the mom is having to take care of the little boy and the boy is talking about his grandfather who passed away and how like he was apparently really close to his grandfather and you know is sad that his grandfather is gone and 
the mom is like, oh, he's not really gone. He's his star. He's, you know, he's, will send an angel, you know, like, he, you know, he's there for with you, always watching over you or whatever. Um, you know, in, there aren't such things as ghosts, but there are angels. And so... Yeah, angels look like your grandma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and she even says something yeah, like that. Yeah, she's like, you'll know the angel because it looks like your grandma. Yeah. And so... Like, the little boy is just in this house, and he sneaks down to go get some ice cream in the middle of the night one night, and then the ghost appears, and he's just like, oh, you're an angel, because this, this ghost looks like an older man. Yeah. <laughs> and looks so like Grandpa. Yeah, he looks like Grandpa, and so he's like, you're my angel. Okay, hi, angel, you know, and all this other mess, and, like, ends up you know, like arguing with the ghost, like you know, at first, at first the ghost is trying to scare him. And then like, he just screams right back at the ghost. He's like, don't scream too loud. You're going to wake my mom, you know? <laughs> and we're going to get in trouble for having ice cream. Yeah. That kind of thing. And so like, eventually they end up becoming friends and um, the ghost originally looks kind of creepy and scary because he's dirty he's unwashed he's got long fingernails his eyes are bloodshot but like the little boy over the course of the time that they end up becoming friends like ends up clipping his nails for him like come here give me your nails they're so nasty you know like (laughs) brush your teeth you know and all this other mess and gets him to clean up to where he looks like just a grandpa and and like you know the ghost is just attached to him because of course you you know you know automatically when he's attached to this little boy that like he's got a grandson somewhere that this little boy reminds right. him of you know and what i figured when i was watching was okay so he's in the house and he's you know haunting it or whatever because he accidentally killed his grandson is probably going to be the story here but no <laughs> that's not the story at all um basically the whole like it, it, the whole thing goes in a bunch of different directions the weird thing about it is that the directing style changes like five times. Um, the script kind of goes in a bunch of different places. And then the, the musical numbers for Bollywood are not good. I, it was, I was surprised. I was like, <laughs> I don't know how to feel about any of this. these songs. I don't like the songs. And I love the songs and some of the other Bollywood stuff I've seen. Yeah, they're... they're... It's all. It's usually a decade or two kind of behind global trends. So this one's riffing specifically on like Michael Jackson's bad and a couple of you're like, well, this is 2008. Oh, okay, we're going to 88. Let's mm-hmm. <laughs> and like seeing all the kids dressed like little homies was funny, but then like when the old ghost man is like, I do the hip hop like nobody can, and he's rapping. I'm like, (laughs) wow, wow. It was a lot. It was was a lot. Um, It was still very cute. It was a cute movie. Like, um, they, the, the boy is supposed to be mischievous. Okay. They, they talk about what a little devil he is. They made a song about it. They made a song about it, but like, he's not mischievous at all. Like he, he's maybe a little bit, but like not intentionally. Like he, had some disappearing ink and he was going to throw it at one of the aides. Uh, and then like the principal happened to walk by right about then. And then like a rival boy in his class swapped out the disappearing ink for actual, actual ink. And so when the little boy went to try to use the disappearing ink, it didn't disappear. And he got in trouble because the other boy put the, 
you know, actual ink in there. And the pencil right. was, it was like the scene from, oh, what's that movie with the blue guy? I'll think of it later. doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, uh, but not blank check. I don't know. It's a Frankie Muniz movie. Anyway, one man gets that, the blue water from, um, like, airplane toilets. Oh. He got it all over him, so he was blue. Oh. But anyway. Okay, well, um. Because this feels like that. It's, it's like. Aladdin or something like it's a weird relationship between like the the kid and the ghost is it's that kind of like they're playing practical jokes on people together but like they're not really you know bad bad no you know nobody gets hurt kind of jokes it's just no, like nothing's like you know. terrible it's just cute yeah um, but it, it was funny because the it, it, it's not a boarding school it's like the local school but the um, the mother had to go take her son there to so he can have an education while they're on um it's not vacation but they're just on the island for the that was the closest place i guess for the cruise to start from because they're her husband's a, an engineer on the cruise line and um she introduces her son to the principal and she's like both the parents are saying that the kid is like a kind of terror in a loving way they're just saying oh you can't you can't um he's like a dennis the menace is like how they're they're like telling the teachers and the the principal like he's a little terror you know he'll no one's prepared for for banku in the school and and it's like but he's not yeah (laughs) he's not he's actually not but then um so the actual story of why the ghost is in this villa in goa is because uh, this man lived there with his wife, and they had one son, and the son went off to America to study, but then ended up settling over there and staying abroad and becoming some kind of successful, I don't know what, it's business like a person. magnate or something. Yeah, some kind of thing. Land. And um, so he was gone, he was gone, he was gone. Uh, the parents are, you know sad and mourning because they are they are waiting for their son to come home and visit and he doesn't come he doesn't come the mother passes away waiting for her son to come and you know he doesn't come until after she's already gone and like they're having like a memorial service or whatever and the father you know who is the ghost uh, gets so mad at the son for not coming, not coming. Like, you know, the son sends money home, but doesn't himself come home. And, like, the two of them just don't understand each other at all. Um, the father is like, you need to stay here with your your wife and your child, my grandson, and you need to, like, live here with me. You know, this house is full of her and her memory. She decorated it. All of her happiness is here. You know, you need to be here with your family. And he's like, you don't understand, I have a life in America. And they get into a big fight about it. And at one point, the son wants to sell the house. I don't know how he can do this when it should be the father's house. The father's still alive. He's right there. But um, the father cuts him off and stops him from selling the house. Um, And then, like, you know the son is like, come with us to America. And he's like, I'm not going. This is where your mom, you know, made everything. This is our, our place is here, you know? Um, And then like, that's it. I don't know. They up and leave. And then he turns to like, 
go and, and kind of chase after them and like talk to them, but then ends up tripping and falling down the stairs and he dies in the house calling for his son. Who's like just, he's the son's driving away and uh, just didn't hear him. And like, um, at the end of the movie, they make it sound like he had heard his father calling for him and drove away anyway. And then his father had just died in the house. And like, that's why his spirit has been there. And the, the son doesn't look like he's all that much older. So this ghost hasn't been in this house for like generations or anything. It's the son is still alive. He comes back at the end of the movie. Yeah, it's maybe been, I don't know. Five years, maybe. I don't know. I have no idea. There, there's not like a time specified, but everybody knows that the place is haunted and whatever. And um, I don't know how the ghost, you know, can get dirty fingernails and look all disheveled and stuff. I, I would imagine that a ghost should theoretically look like how they did in life or at the time of their death, at least. But in this one, he, um, you know, he's depressed. It's yeah, just he's just depressed. Let and he go just, a little bit. I guess. No ghostly maybe, maintenance. I don't know. Maybe that's just the mecha- mechanics of yeah. how ghosts work in this world, which would be such a ripoff of like, oh, I'm I'm dead and I'm stuck here forever, and I still have to do all of the physical maintenance that I did when I was alive. This this is a scam. This ghost <laughs> thing is a scam. You're right. still aging. Like this is terrible. Yeah. Yeah. But um... I'm like. Where are those shadows from 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 Patrick Swayze's ghost? I'll let you take me down to the netherworld <laughs> to not have to constantly wash my face every day. Yeah. Well, the best part is his his suit became frayed. His nails are like nasty, and he's kind of dirty, and his hair is must. But his beard is perfectly Perfect. maintained because oh, yeah. this this actor, it's probably part of his was agreement not where they can't touch the beard. Because it yeah. looks like every promotional shot of or just the actor has that very specific, that's his calling card is this white goatee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like, yeah. Um, and and he has like the, all the sides are shaved, like it doesn't get grizzled anywhere. No, it's just, no, he's yeah, perfectly it's, clean. Yeah, clean cut. Yeah. Well, anyway, so um, yeah, and like what happens to resolve everything here? Like, okay, so the this is the movie where the the ghost and the kid's relationship is super, super emphasized. And like, you know, to the point that the little boy gets hurt and then the ghost goes to the hospital. I'm like, he can do that. You know, <laughs> like, and he goes yeah, to right. the school, he follows the kid to school and, you know, watches the kid and gives him encouraging, you know, words and stuff during his athletic, you know, field day. It, yeah. And it's, he doesn't that was use like his, my favorite part. Yeah, he doesn't use his powers because, like, the little kid's like, use your powers and let me win this, this you know, match against my rival. And he says, no, you need to do this with your own hard work. You can do it. And then the boy does. He does, and he wins, like, a bicycle or something. But, like, you know, the ghost gives him a pep talk and, you know, tells him, I believe in you kind of stuff. And then the boy goes and does the thing. And, you know, like, again, like, when the little boy gets hurt, he goes and is at the hospital trying to talk to the doctor, but nobody but the little boy can see him because nobody else believes he's there. When the mom <laughs> believes in him, suddenly she can see him once, and then, like, not again after that. Yeah. So, and then, like, they end up holding a um, post-mortem, you know, um, memorial for his soul or something to pray for his salvation, and it's supposed to be done by the son but 
the son is off somewhere. So uh, the little boy, Banku, does the ceremony. Well, the father, who had just come back in, you know, casually at the end of the movie, um, had gone to talk to the son and, you know, tell him about how he needs to be a good son by doing this. And, you know, like, it's unresolved stuff. You just need to apologize to your father. His spirit's haunting the place, yada, yada. The the son's solution is, I'm just going to tear down the villa and then I'm just going to sell the land because if there's no house, he can't haunt it. And... But anyway, like, eventually he turns around and decides to come to the memorial ceremony thing and ends up praying for his father's salvation. And then the the ghost is released. But then at the very, very end of the movie, because the little boy is super sad because he was, like, super attached to this ghost. But his know, parents didn't tell him that that's what the ceremony was for. They were like, we're celebrating the ghost's birthday. Yeah. We're not sending him off into the afterlife. Well, you know, like, if he's reincarnated, then he would just have yeah. another birth anyway. So, like, in a way, it is kind of a birthday. I guess that's, maybe that's a common thing. I'm not sure. It could be. I mean, um, the kid, he's real young, so they, the mother had to, like, explain what an angel was and what, a go- you know, he didn't understand right. those things. So, mm-hmm. that that they couched everything in a way that, like, a child could understand. Mm-hmm. Um, they just didn't. I don't think they understood the depth of the relationship between um, Banku and the ghost. Like it's, it's, it's like that of a grand, you know, grandchild and the grandfather. It's like family member. Okay. So like this movie is all over the place. It's not, it's, it's like, in some ways it's my favorite version, but in other ways it's not. (laughs) And, but like at the end of this movie, when this little kid is bawling his eyes out, reaching up towards the stars and calling for, the ghost to come back because he like was super friends with him and in the ghost he had made the ghost promise that he would never leave him like his grandfather did and all this other stuff i started crying i was just like i was trying not to cry. i'm about to cry again talking it was about a very emotional and then at the very very end of the movie bunku's going to school and he's all disheartened and stuff and then he looks up and then there's the ghost again and he's like i i was released from my you know, uh, you know, unforgiven, you know, non non forgiveness or whatever, all of that, with my son. But I'm not released from your love. I'll appear any time that you call for me. And he's like, just don't tell anybody. And then he turns to the camera and meta style is like, hey viewer, don't tell anybody. And then that's it. And that's the end. And it of the says movie. like to be continued. I think. Yeah, it says to be continued. Of course, there wasn't wow. like a sequel or anything, but <laughs> but it, yeah, it's very cheeky. Yeah. So it it bounced around a lot of different places. It went in a bunch of different directions, but like ultimately it was probably the version that had the most heart in it, like for sure. Of all of them including the original, yeah. it was definitely very heartfelt, very emotional. It it, it resolved sweet. the things mm-hmm. that were trapping the ghost. It, it it hit the points that stories kind of all have in common. Uh, without going into any of the like extra commentary, like this didn't really have a space for that. It wasn't like it, it could have, but it's not going to mean the same thing because it's definitely couched in um, Indian culture and society. Mm-hmm. So that that sounds fascinating, but it's also almost two hours, right? It's a it's a two hour movie, and yeah. um, you can cut out about half an hour because of the music videos. Yeah, they're really oh, right. long. 
<laughs> yeah. So, but like, um, it is available on Amazon Prime. It's B H O O T H N A T H Booth Not. Uh, and so, like, if anybody wants to watch that version for a Bollywood film, it's short. <laughs> it's not like the typical right. three hours, three plus yeah. hours of a regular Bollywood film. So, like, you know, it's it's actually on the short side. But um, anyway, Dave and I had split it up and watched one hour one day and then the other hour the other day. So, you know, also yeah. doable. It's a reasonable way to watch it. It didn't. It, it it bounced around enough that you didn't feel like, oh, I got to just sit here and finish watching the other half like immediately. I'm like, okay, we'll give it a break and then finish it up. And mm-hmm. just kind of wanted to see how it wrapped up and saw because you don't get all of the details of the story, like the exposition's light until the very end, and you're like, okay, oh yeah, we, we see what happened. You just get hints of stuff. Yeah, well, it, this one focused more on, like, the emotional connection <sighs> than it did anything else. Yeah. So. Right. Because it's a, it's a complete rework of... of, of it, it, it's the bones of the Canterville ghost, because, obviously... It, it's not a strict adaptation, so mm-hmm. it, yeah, it, it makes sense that they would excise like the other children and make it a relationship about this this ghost and this child. That makes makes a lot of sense. They they did, and then I want to say when the family's first arriving to the um, not like mansion, um, it's. I think it's riffing off of the poltergeist, like really lighthearted music in the beginning when the when the families get going to the house, right? And so it it had that feeling because of how the movie kicked off. We're going, oh, this is kind of a horror movie, and then it just it did not stay that way. <laughs> like yeah, it well, just totally diverged. Well, like when the ghost first shows up and he's trying to scare the little boy. He does this weird, like, rubber face thing, kind of like the mask style or whatever, like cartoony. I'm going to exaggerate my mouth and pull it out all Yeah, weird. my ears are huge. and Yeah, and that happens once and never again. And nothing else like that happens in the movie. And it's like, okay, that was just a random, you know, summoning of Casper, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, and just like it pulls from other sources, and I can see in the the Bollywood version where they're pulling from. You know, some of the other adaptations, more modern adaptations of it, uh, more so than the original story. Like, I don't, I don't think they were looking at the original story. I think they were looking at all the different adaptations and other movies and stuff about ghosts, and then just doing their own thing on that. Right. Know? But um, yeah, because like the original story was definitely a satirical piece that was poking fun at primarily Americans, but also English people and like, you know, the aristocracy and that kind of society and kind of like making social commentaries. And that's the whole reason for that original story. But like none of the other versions that, you know, none of the adaptations pulled any of that out. It totally excised the original point, the original thesis, which is why I'm like, Oscar Wilde would roll over in his grave <laughs> seeing yeah. all these different versions that are just so not the point, you know? Yeah, they're just going like, well, we like this quaint little ghost story. Let's just put a spin on that. It's like, but uh-huh. that's not what it was. Yeah. You know? 
But I mean, like, I'm, I'm sure it would be kind of difficult to get it to fly. Like in 1944, you couldn't have done that as a, you know, a story and made it like making fun of Americans during World War II. Like that's, no, not <laughs> you know, production. Hollywood's not going to produce a movie that makes fun of Americans during World War II. <laughs> right. Or, uh, you know, and whatever, like that would be like um, creating animosity between Americans and British people at that point. You know, which they needed solidarity. You know, so and they and they found that solidarity over boogie boogie dancing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Of course they did. Yes, of course. That sounds that sounds very accurate to the time period as well. Yeah, yeah. It was it was something. Uh, what I do like is that each of them kind of uh, takes the idea of. The phantasm ghosts, they can walk, they can generally all walk through walls. Um, mm-hmm. They're insubstantial, they, but they have some agency to kind of like manipulate a few things um, in the physical world. Like he's able right. to wear a suit of armor or something, but um, it's not, it, it, they play kind of fast and loose with it as like the adaptations go forward. Like I feel like they don't focus on that as much the the 44 version did a really good job of um sir simon because he's like startled by the the gis and like just trying to he's cursed so he has to haunt the place he's like right the, the, the book brings that into focus too it's like tuesdays and wednesdays he has to scream from a parapet you know he has yeah. a schedule <laughs> a haunting schedule yeah. Um, so he has to still do his thing, but he can become like partially invisible. So he creeps and does his stuff, and just is sort of transparent, which is a great effect. And um, the the two uh, people interacting with most, they're like, "Hey, can you can we see you a little more?" Because they can kind of see his outline, but then he'll kill <laughs> pop back into focus. And he's like, "Oh, okay, yeah, sorry, I was I was used to sneaking around." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like, all of the different iterations have, like, a kind of different feeling. Like, the Buchnath version, he has the ability to whip all this different stuff around. Like, he can move objects all over the place. He totally redecorates and unpacks the entire house at one point. <laughs> he's, tricked, he's tricked by the, the child to, like, clean up and decorate the house. Yeah, <laughs> for his mom, so his mom doesn't feel so overwhelmed because she can't get anybody to help her clean this giant because house. everyone's afraid. And all the local populace won't come near the place. Mm-hmm. Ah. And so, you know, um, he does that kind of thing. But also, he's sort of like a zombie because, like, you know, he's got, like, a physical body and he can grab the hand of and, you know, wrap his arms around the little boy and, like, he's very physical, has a physical body when he's he's, you know... Uh, around the boy. Yeah, it's like a mental state. Like, he has to be in the moment. Yeah. Um, because if he's thinking about the past, he can't move himself as much. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, he tries to reach out his hand to save the little boy from falling down the stairs and hurting himself, and, you know, reaches out, but the little boy's hand swishes through his hand. Through him. Like he's in- incorporeal at that point. So... Yeah. And you realize later that he can't do anything because that's the way he died. Like, it's that exact Right. So he's just, the trauma of it's too much he can't, I guess, maybe maintain his physical form. Mm -hmm. But, and then, like, there's other versions where, 
um, the ghost will dance with the little girl or something and has like a body to the point where like when he's dancing with um, the little girl in the PBS version, she's like, your hand's really cold. And he's like, sorry, you know? Right. And so he's got enough of a body that she feels cold and she can place her hand on him and things like that. Um, So like there are a few places where he does have a corporeal body um, depending upon situation and everything. Yeah, and he's not... Um, it feels like, I think, in the original, he's confined to the chase. Um, but in the 44 version, Sir Simon runs to, like, across the uh, across the channel, and he's in wherever they're at in Europe, uh, following the battle to go encourage his um, great-great-great-great-great-great-grandson. Nephew. Uh-huh. Nephew, yes, mm-hmm. to... Uh, not be a coward and he's like yeah he just went over to the front he went to the front line mm-hmm. and then just ran back yeah and then as <laughs> you get the same thing with um Putnath, where he's like you can just go wherever he, he goes just to continue the, he the just school. like he prefers goes to, to be at the house to uh, how else can he keep people away yeah. he's not there someone could sneak in and live in his house <laughs> yeah so so yeah, but like in all of these stories though, the ghost definitely has a limit to his power. Most of the time, the way that, you know, if he is doing mischief, it is usually by startling people and scaring them, um, you know, by just being seen in a horrible visage or, you know, by doing subtle things like rattling, you know, the doors or something. Like he doesn't have super major power. He's not like poltergeist level how do we fight this thing kind of ghost. (laughs) Right. Yeah, yeah, these, uh, the, uh, once again, like I said, the PBS version uh, lost me uh, at at the uh, Full House typeface and the Don Johnson outfit. Uh, But it's fine. It's, it's, I mean, once again, other than the fact that it, it's so 80s that it's painful uh, for 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 me to 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 rewitness, uh, like because it's the pure. It's not that rose tinted glasses 80s. It's that ugly raw 80s. Like yeah. it really was. And I'm like, oh man, this is really unbelievably hard to look at, but it's also very compelling. Um, <laughs> and it's so brief because once again, it's not even an hour. Um, and, um, you know, but it's, it's the jest. It's like a fine jumping off point, I think, um, to, to test your, uh, test your feet, see if this is a story that you want to invest any more time into. Um, I think that the Patrick Stewart, Nev Campbell one is, is fine other than like the father being like literally like one of the worst characters. It also doesn't help that his, like his, uh, the father's actor is uh, really uncharismatic. Like, I think that the character could have worked if the father had been at least remotely charming. But, like, literally from the moment he's like, oh, this Nev Campbell's trying to ruin my career and get get us to go back to America. He's, like, 
completely intolerable as a human being until he's like, oh no, the ghost took my daughter. If anything happens to her, I'll never forgive myself. And I was just, he, he said that. He said, if anything happens to her, I'll never forgive myself. And I said, even if she's okay, you really shouldn't forgive yourself because you were kind of a dick this entire movie. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by all the various adaptations of this story and um, all the, the weird changes that they decide to make for it. It, it seems like um, it seems like a, uh, a really um, elastic piece of fiction that I had never encountered before now. Well, I would definitely, if you're in for any more variations of this, I would recommend um, taking a look at the Rupert Dega audiobook. That is so hilarious. And I think that version is probably my favorite because even if you're reading the physical book, it's not the same as having this brilliant actor portray all of the characters and do the voices because he has voices for everybody. And right you know, um, exaggerate it, you know, and emphasize certain words and things like I will never be able to read that story on paper again without hearing him. I would definitely recommend that version if you want to hear the original. And it only takes about like an hour and a half, maybe. Is it even an hour? I don't even think it was that long. Maybe it was less than that. Maybe it was an hour. So if you're just reading the, the two parts of the short story, it's like, it won't take that long to read it, mm-hmm. but the the audio adds so much more to it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think it's about it's somewhere around an hour. Yeah. Um. So that one is definitely a high recommend for me. There are Russian, Czech, uh, <laughs> other <laughs> other versions, German versions of this same story. Um. There have been operas and play renditions and all different kinds of stuff. It's been referenced in a bunch of different songs including just like straight up the themes of certain albums from certain european metal bands or whatever so um you know like there is kind of a a deeper well than you might expect for a short story you know written back in like the 1800s but you know it's got a lot of mileage on it apparently um right so yeah and I definitely want to go back and watch the Patrick Stewart version. I want to rewatch that Alyssa Milano one, which is the one that I had seen as a kid. And then I definitely also want to see if we can find that UK uh, stream of whatever the new tech billionaire version is. Yes, and uh, Anthony Stewart Head is Sir Simon in that version. Mm-hmm. So that'll be interesting because I haven't seen him in anything since Buffy. Yeah. But I I originally suggested this story because I had vaguely remembered the um, 80s movie that I'd seen, as well as, you know, listening to the very, very funny version of, you know, the audio rendition of it. And I was just like, well, I'm pretty sure they haven't done a spin on Ghosts quite like this before. <laughs> you know, that's kind of packed with a bunch of different, because even, even within just those two versions, they're different versions of the same story. And I'm like, I bet if we dig around and look at some of these other versions, they're going to be, you know, way different as well. And I'm just kind of interested to see 
um, what all is happening, and it's paid off. Like, there's quite a lot of variety out there. So, yeah, ghosts are something we really haven't. Uh, I guess kind of like zombies we just stayed away from because it was just so heavy in the mainstream for the last 30 years particularly zombies it's been a little too much uh but ghosts there's such a variety and we've we've taken a look at a few different things and um generally what's been most interesting are the the ghost tales outside of like um american popular culture It, it just hits like very samey kind of feeling after a while um yeah we, we we had to sort of twist um we looked at the fog and that ended up being more like a revenant technically than a ghost <laughs> per se uh and i think um we brought it up here but um poltergeist is one probably um overdue for a look um but then i was also thinking of 13 ghosts um or the original and the the remake but um using the kind of the contrast between what those are doing and that idea of um, trying to bring in uh, uh, science into the picture. Um, in one case, it's where that you're using that to like communicate with a ghost, and in the other, you're using science to just harness their energy. <laughs> so that's <laughs> definitely very specific. Yeah. Um, although you know. Uh, it could be interesting to do the uh, the um, two Dark Castle remakes, the the House on Haunted Hill and and Thirteen Ghosts. I'd, yeah, I'd be. I feel like interested we in did House on Haunted those. Hill. Did we? Or may, so. that might have been before. Be, it in, could have been four times have before to look me. In the archives. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's been a few BL years now. So mm-hmm. before I manifested <laughs> on this plane. Yeah. <laughs> No, I I feel we did because that had um oh what is his name uh, it's the uh, Wilson um one of the Wilson brothers oh you're thinking of uh the Haunting of Hill House remake oh okay yes so <laughs> that's what it was okay. Yeah, that has one of my favorite cinematic deaths of all time, where a, a, a lion head, a wolf's head, flew, yeah. <laughs> bites off Luke Wilson, no, Owen Wilson's head. Yeah. Okay, so we, yeah, we didn't um, do the Haunting of Hill. No, no, uh, House, House, House of Haunted, Haunted Hill. Hill. <laughs> that, yeah, House of Haunted Hill, because that one has um, uh, Gregory... Jeffrey Rush, Jeffrey Rush, Jeffrey Rush, and um, Kavanka Jensen, and Chris Kattan, and Tay Diggs, and Lisa Loeb has a cameo in it, and I don't know why uh, I remember all of that. Yeah, <laughs> Leonard. <laughs> yep. Well, oh yeah, it, it's a it's a deep And well. Jeffrey Combs is in there because that's he's always good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he is in there. That's he's, right. He's the doctor. <laughs> yeah, he is. Yep. Yep, maybe we'll put that on the to-do, because that's... Yeah, maybe that and 13 Ghosts. That would be a good pairing. Yeah, just con- contrast the two of them. Not that it's hard. Hey, no, hey this fair. one was <laughs> made in the... two. These were made in the 2000s, and it shows. Uh... And the, <laughs> uh Oh, yeah, 
that's a veritable who's who. Tony Shalhoub, everyone's in there. Well, yeah, F. Murray Abraham. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, just from, you know, um, different types of ghost media that I've encountered before, it's the Canterville ghost stuck out to me because the ghost doesn't really have that much agency, really. I mean, like, he scares right. people, but, like, he doesn't... He he's gets not overridden. Like, yeah, he's totally overridden, and that's kind of the whole point, and, and that's kind of the whole point in the whole commentary from the original Oscar Wilde. You know, the aristocracy, the blue bloods, you know, trying to do their thing, unrepentant, and whatever that we're still dealing with the crap from, get overridden by, you know, these... <laughs> Modern society. Yeah, these modern people coming in and just doing their thing and going, whatever, you know? Yeah. The cruel and unfeeling people of our age or whatever that one movie Mm -hmm. said. So, uh, and that's that's kind of an interesting take. And, like, the fact that the ghost gets tired. He gets tired manifesting stuff, you know? Oh, right, yeah. It's not like an, an ever ever flowing font of energy that he can draw on and it's not like some god force that you have to fight like poltergeist or something like that where it's like there's no end to how much energy that ghost has you know right Uh, i will have to i will say this i think it's really interesting that um at least in the two versions that i watched um they were like both from like the midwest like the families, like one was Ohio and the other was Illinois, I believe. And I'm just like, all right, well, you know, there's that like kind of generic, like, well, you know, uh, spit shine and pull up my sleeves because we're from the Midwest thing. So I'm kind of wondering how they handle uh, uh, this this tech magnate Silicon one. Valley era. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, because uh, oh, go on. Uh, I was just going to insert that the original book they were from New England, and that's just because mm-hmm. you know, like this is you know the new colonizing Americans with their puritanical yeah. ideas. Yeah, like, you know, like ambassador. Whatever. Yeah, he's some kind of whatever ambassador guy or something. I don't know. Yeah. So as you were saying, though, the tech billionaire were trying to figure out where he's from. Yeah. Well, not. I mean, you can easily assume, like, where he's going to be from, but I just wonder, like, are they going to give him, give that, him or that family that those kind of, like, hokey affectations of, like, oh, man, look at these out-of-touch coastal elites, like, (laughs) oh, no, I'm going to make, I'm going to make this iPad show something real scary, <laughs> Good thing I brought my Google Glass. Yeah. Oh man, what if what, what if what if it what if there's like an Alexa or a Surrey and he thinks that that's also a ghost? Oh, that would be great. The ghost in the machine. Yeah. He's, You're trapped that's in there. the ghost that he tries to that's the ghost that he tries to to implore to aid him because he just thinks that it's it's a spirit trapped in a box. Or how about he rolls up on the ghost and he thinks that it's AR, you know? Like, yeah. he's like, oh, wow, all this oh, AR yeah. equipment that I've got installed here has done a pretty cool job. Wow, yeah. i got to get back to that peon like works for me. a glitch in the system. Ha-ha, <laughs> so. kids. Ha-ha, you made, you made the AI look like, look like uh, an, old, an old ghost. Very funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. 
Um, yeah, I think that that wraps us up for the Canterbury Ghost. For the time for, being. For, for, for now, <laughs> to be continued. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell anyone, audience. Don't tell anyone <laughs> yes. that we might do another episode about this. Oh uh, yeah, this was this was fun. This is a good one. Um, yeah, yeah, nice and light. <laughs> well, we'll do our little um, admin wrap up. Uh, Jala, where can folks find you on the interwebs? Well, they can listen to me on my regular video game podcast, thelevelpodcast.com. They can also find me on social media or anywhere else I am to be found at Jalachan. Leonard, how about yourself? Uh, people can find me mostly on Twitter at Dr. Faust is Dead. Uh, you can find my old video essay work uh, on YouTube by also searching uh, Dr. Faust is Dead. Uh, Dave, where can people find you on the internet? They can find me on Twitter at sentinot underscore plus. It will be in the show notes. You can find the podcast at mon underscore d monster on Twitter. And then our back archives and this current episode are at monsterdeer.monster. Our wayward co-host Cameron, you can find him exclusively on Twitter. Uh, he has some cat pictures and some pet stuff. Uh, night underscore twin, and that's night without a K. I like that exclusive. <laughs> I like that. That just makes it like the premium, the bonus. It is. <laughs> Only the one place. Is it, as far as I know, the one place. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, well, that's us for this episode. We will catch y'all next time. And uh, yeah, bye-bye, folks. Bye. Goodbye.